Welcome back to the Beers and Sears podcast, episode five. I know it's been a little bit of a delay. We apologize. We took the bye week um, to heart. Let everybody rest. John, especially, had a very long weekend of the Oklahoma State weekend to a week and a half ago. So we yeah. need a little R&R, and uh, I think we're, we're ready to be back. We both start off the podcast by saying, man, been way too long, even though it's been, oh, I don't know, maybe like five days. But we're back. Let's get into it. Um, first, T-shirts, koozies, please, please keep on um, spreading the word. If you like one, just Venmo me 25. Please include size and address if I got to ship it to you. If you're in Dallas or Houston, that's not necessarily just text um, John and I, depending on obviously which city you're in. Uh, koozies are finally in. Those idiots that we go through finally got us our koozies. If you're going to be at OU, we will be handing those out like it's candy on Halloween. Um, that's going to be fun, just like we always do, just throwing yeah. those things everywhere. Uh, our, our pockets will be stuffed with koozies, so just if, find us. We will be on the fairgrounds very early. And for and the Friday – oh, you won't be there for Friday night, I think. I won't be there Friday, but I will be there Saturday. The Friday but, night thing, I'll be there with uh, with a bunch of koozies. No, I won't because you won't no, be you there. No, you won't. Anyways. You'll be there Saturday night with a bunch of koozies. So uh, shout-out to George Shaw on the on the T-shirt at Definitely. Kirby Ice House in Houston. I uh, really appreciate the support. And then – also uh grabbing some more shirts and, and handing them out to other people so appreciate you doing that it helps us out and it makes it all the more worth it to see uh random random people wearing a shirt it's kind of fun also shout out to my dad he wore it to uh river oaks this morning to work out there and i go. had three uh older people email me and ask me how to follow or listen to the podcast there so that was a, that was a fun a fun email to send out <laughs> um we're getting the old yeah, I had to explain it via like the color of the podcast, podcast app. On yeah, I was like, just go to the purple square on your iPhone. Um, so yeah, shout out to all those people for following the podcast. Now I hope you enjoy this episode. It's going to be a, a good one coming off the bye week. So uh, I guess you do enjoy your bye week. What would you do? I, I enjoyed my bye week. I had a nice trip, nice little scout trip actually for a possible January thirteenth destination for nice little Saturday. Night for the beers and steers along with Longhorn Nation. Um, if you're not aware, that's the date of the national championship, and it will be played in New Orleans, Louisiana at the Superdome. So it went down to the Big Easy for the weekend. It was fun. It was New Orleans. So if you're wondering if it's changed, it hasn't. Pato's two nights in a row is probably the best way to do any weekend ever. So <laughs> that was fun. What about you? Oh well, shout out Elizabeth. The f- yeah. formerly known as Elizabeth Adkins. Yes, now known as Elizabeth Cummings. She got married last week, or excuse me, two weekends ago now during the Oklahoma State game. Uh, major fault, but it's okay. We survived. We had plenty of cell phones and people running up to me giving me updates. So that was that was nice. But, uh, yeah, she's she's married, gone on a honeymoon, and is back and is all good. So um, had a nice off weekend this past weekend, just relaxing and watching uh, football with SEC Will. Uh, his old Miss Rebels covered Scott versus Rams. Alabama, scored thirty plus points. So I'll call that a victory for them. Yeah. And almost, almost saw old Mac Brown pull off a huge oh upset. That was fun to watch. That was crazy. Uh, we'll we'll get into that maybe a little bit, but yeah, it was a it was a good bye week. We needed it. it. Was it's fun just watching football and not well having a little bit of stress on it. Not nearly as much, but when you. <laughs> Just have money on it rather than emotional value on a game. It's it's a lot more fun and a lot it's, more enjoyable. 
Yeah, it is, and it's nice when you don't you know, focus your day around your team's game or, you know, you're not 2.30 game and your whole day is kind of centered around that. So it's nice to just kind of relax and whatnot. So, And if anyone did not know, I did not know until last night, we actually have a second bye week this year. So um, we play four more games in a row. And in the middle, I don't know, last weekend of October, we have another bye week. So it's a weird deal. Look it up on Google. I don't want to try to explain it right now because I don't think I can. Well, I don't think I can. Explain Basically, it, after so. TCU, the weekend after TCU, we're, we're off again. So just that's the best way to. Due to the fall being longer this year. Due to the moons. Okay, let's get into it. Game. Okay, you. we mentioned it. You are at your sister's wedding. I yes. just can't believe your dad let her schedule it that day. But yep. what, what was your. Like what were you? Re- obviously, you rewatched it. Saw the yeah, saw the score at halftime. Um, you didn't, so you didn't watch any of the first half live. Nope, I did not wow. watch the first half live. Saw the score at halftime and was given an update that we had muffed a punt and gone for it on fourth and was shut down. And the fact that we were still up with those two big mistakes, I was pretty pretty content on not having to go down to the locker room and watching it. Um, had multiple people, like I mentioned, with cell phones throughout the reception, where I could periodically check it in the second half, and I saw that we were up. For I mean, you know, they went up 23-21, um, and then we went up 28-23 and never gave up the lead. So I, I was pretty stress-free, thankfully, due to the doers that was in my hand. Um, but had a nice Sunday morning rewatch, <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, it would have been a very stressful game to try to watch oh, on my yeah. phone at church. Because that first drive with Oklahoma State, I was like, holy cow, our defense forgot how to play defense again. So Yeah, so just from watching it live – at the same at the game i was it was weird i was not truly worried throughout the entire game there obviously the the end of the half punt or muff punt was brutal and then the muff punt at the end was a little stress inducing but other than that there really weren't times where i was truly freaking out i mean we knew that sanders was going to make some great plays on third down convert some yeah. long and yeah. the scrambling, I thought he didn't, other than that super long scramble at the end, I thought we contained him better than I expected to. Obviously, that wasn't great, but better than I thought, considering what the defense had done against LSU and all that stuff. Um, so it was pretty, I don't know, I was I was pretty impressed with how well I stayed calm um, throughout <laughs> all of it. But, Not a way to keep, keep your emotions contained. Good job. Yeah, well kind of i was like headbutting truman when we did stuff that was good but the in terms of the bad it was fairly contained um but starting off with like weird stuff at the beginning that i was was confused about and didn't make sense was the damn student section in the complete southeast corner and then in the pie in the northeast corner they they had guard like security guards like not letting anyone in there it made no sense at all and everyone was tweeting even one of the, the like section 119 or whatever shut out PC twelve, we used to always go up there freshman year. Yeah, good and time. They had that like roped off too. It was so weird. I don't know if they were like saving spots for students that you know couldn't make it to the game in time and didn't want to wait in the long lines. That's what I'm, I'm guessing, but so, I don't know. You know, we always had the issue in our years, which were not that long ago, but of people getting to the game on time, but we never had an issue getting into the stadium because, you know, there was so many gates and people were kind of just, there was no uh, rush of people at the beginning or right right before kickoff. It was always kind of periodic and people were able to get into the stadium pretty easily and make it to your seat. Then it turned into, we started winning football games again and it was 
there was no organization behind the actual entry into the physical stadium, which is what led to the LSU fiasco that we all heard about on Twitter and students complaining or parents complaining that their students were, you know, which is in, by far the lamest injured, injured in a mob rush, oh, you know, yada, 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 whatever. So flash forward two weeks after LSU and they then formed a single line for all students to get into the stadium. Worst idea ever. I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm a big fan of Chris Del Conte and his staff, but like, I'm sorry, find a, a hybrid between what you had at LSU and what you did at Oklahoma State. Obviously, we're not going to have another big game at home this year. I think the next home game is Kansas. So it's not like the big student section crowd will be there. Probably be a Longhorn Network 6 p.m. kickoff, if That's I had to exactly guess. exactly what it is. Well, imagine that. So, um, yeah, that was disappointing, and it was it was sad because Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit were literally commenting yeah. on it throughout the whole first half, and they kept doing the aerial shots. Yeah, and it I was about like to an say, that aerial door. shot was not helping us. That was brutal. No, it looked like a band was missing from the northeast. Right, corner. yeah, and now 100% dead. Um, so, uh, disappointing there, but, I mean, I trust Chris Del Conde to get it figured out. And, I, you know, the students will show up, but you can't keep them out. I, I mean, you can't contain it to the point where it's then encouraging people not to come. So anywho, we're not athletic directors. We can think we are, but that was an unfortunate situation for sure. But other than that, how was the, how was the environment? Was it overall? The, I thought the atmosphere in the environment was good. It, it got pretty loud a couple of times. Um, there were some, some moments where it could probably could have been a little louder, but I thought in general it was still good. I obviously I wasn't there for LSU, so I can't compare it to that. But it was a solid home game for a game on paper that wasn't good for your mm-hmm. typical college football fan or typical old person who's like, oh, Oklahoma State, they're bad. They got the coach with that long hair. They suck. Well, like, it's well, obviously it was a bigger game than that. Yeah, they were um, ranked team. But, no, I still thought it was – a pretty good environment. Um, just all right. Let's get into the overall yep. gameplay in general. Start with the offense because that was so much better to watch. Yeah. Um, Keontae, whew, finally came out of a shell a little bit. Got he rid just, of the brace. He might have been listening to the Beers and Sears podcast when a certain commentator said that uh, Roshan Johnson should be running back one, but uh, he just looked a lot more fluid, and he I think he was trusting his his kind of reads and watching where the defense goes there was one play where you know it was like a you know like our typical like zone right and tight zone right and he starts cutting it right and he sees that the cutback's open but he's not really looking at that he could still take it towards the the right zone but he sees the safety like from way up top starting to crash down and you can tell the safety's just crashing down because he's just falling where everyone else is going and Keontae reads that and kind of slips behind uh, Cosme and Braun and heads out left to like the cutback that was wide open with the safety coming down. It was little stuff like that that I saw that was made me a lot more comfortable and made me sleep a lot easier knowing that he is the true running back. I, maybe it was because he he was dinged up and this was the first game that he yeah. really felt 100% and he, you know, he took Rice kind of off. I'm, maybe I hope that's what it was and that he was just you know, went hundred percent, whatever he was hurt. Uh, no, I think it definitely has something to do with health. He looked like a totally different player and a lot more confident player out there. Yeah. Um, it went to him 21 times. I think the game plan was pretty much focused about running the ball and keeping our offense on the field, which surprised yeah. me. We only had 30 minutes of possession. It was pretty even, <laughs> even though it felt like a lot more, um, with how much they run the ball, that was going to be tough. Um, yeah. With Chuba Hubbard and how many times did he get the ball? Like, 
37. Yeah. 37. So, yeah, I mean, it was nice to have a guy rush over 100 yards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, at, look at what it does. I mean, it opens that the, up yeah, the Yeah, that's offense. the first time this season. Wow. That's, yep. Oh, that's, that's huge. I mean, just the – I know. It's just like for, it shouldn't have taken that long. Sounds like such a minimal thing, but just having that on your stat line is is huge, and it just opened up the offense for Sam to go, be able to go do some other things. I mean, he still ran the ball for 10, <clears throat> 10 times himself. Um, I mean, more uh, that last play was was huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, that was a, that was a design play, right? No. That was. I think that was no. I think that was a scramble, or it might have been like a design, like draw. I take that yeah. back. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, Regardless, it was it was awesome and um, great to see Keontae come out. And we're we're just gonna we need that he, like so badly with uh with Jordan Winnington still being out for about two more weeks. So and the hundred yards is huge, but even bigger is the the five yard average. Like it wasn't like Chuba Hubbard had a hundred twenty yards, but he only averaged three yards a carry. You know, it's just right. little stuff like that that is really making the difference and will allow this offense to completely blow up even more where it's already been but a lot of that here we go Stewart's yeah. soapbox is the un- offensive line play was absolutely unbelievable <laughs> Cosme was a damn rock all day long he whatever I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that guy's name but the guy who um was was leading the big 12 in sacks at the time uh don't believe he is anymore held Bong him Bong big Minga. yes him he did nothing Braun and him are incredible on the the counter plays. Uh, same with Angle out. Both had great games. Shaq was obviously like Shaq played very well considering he was, that he was he was dinged up taped together essentially right. Um, so I still thought he, it it wasn't his best game, but considering the circumstances, he played really well. I think they obviously game planned around that and gave him a lot of and knew that um, Oklahoma State was going to put a lot of three down linemen with one guy on top of him, which honestly it sounds counterintuitive, but like you kind of would rather have that if your center is dinged up because he's going to get help on every single run play um, from either guard. So uh, lots of counters where that happens. um, Lots of pulls, stuff like that. Uh, Angle or sorry, Braun had one bad play where he had a bad holding, and they it was on a counter to the right where he was pulling, and then the, they went back and called the exact same play again, and he made an unbelievable block, getting to the second level, and it went for like 15 yards. So yeah. little stuff like that. Kerstetter was still solid. The, there's a couple you know pass um, pass pros where you're like, oh gosh, is this gonna be a sack? But Sam sees it, it's fine. He steps up. It's no big deal. The defender's to- totally taken out of the play. The one thing was Kerstetter. Did you see this today? Uh, no, it was his birthday? No. He said that his favorite restaurant in Austin is Chipotle. Ah. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? I'm pretty sure his birthday was yesterday, by the way. It was yesterday. They said, I think, yeah, you're right. Because they were like, oh, where do you want to go? Which which restaurant do you want to get? He's like, let's go Chipotle. Lame. Yeah, he got a double chicken with rice, so at least he's getting some protein. But anyways, so, offensive uh, line, no, no sacks too. Yeah, the no sacks. Okay, you stole my stole my line. Sorry, but I um, you know, I if you remember two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was, now for Rice, I called this the offensive line out. I thought they had a terrible game versus Rice. It's like they were asleep. Um, and you disagree with me there? And they finally, I mean, they stepped up versus a much much more talented defensive line. Uh, you know, they didn't really necessarily, I would say, shut down Ogbong Minga or whatever his name was, but they contained yeah. him. You know, they they made it um, 
in a way and, and Braun specifically was, was awesome. I was really, really glad to see that going into um, a game versus West Virginia that if we can dominate in the run game and, you know, go over the top every once in a while, I think it should be a pretty smooth sailing type game, but we'll get there in a little bit. But yeah, no, I'm very impressed with the way the line stepped up. Uh, penalties were pretty limited, which was also real nice. So yeah, I think it was fairly, yeah, I guess it, up from a line standpoint, yeah, we only we had, had like six penalties. We had the, I think it was the one holding was the only penalty against the line, right? I believe. I think so. I don't think there was a false star, but I also yeah. don't really remember the detail. Very under, not underrated, but like, remember like the first two years of Charlie, like how many false starts we would have. It was yeah. so frustrating. And I think a lot of that is the snap count where, Sam just does the clap and stuff oh, like that. But speaking of that, so I saw for the first time the uh, an Alabama defensive player, like a linebacker, clapped like before the oh. quarterback did. I've you know I've heard about that. Yeah, I had never. I didn't see that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he clapped, and all the offensive linemen moved. And it was like, <laughs> I don't even know what the the call was, but we were all dying laughing when we heard the call by the ref. But yeah, you thought not allowed to clap to try to mislead the offensive line. But what, anyway, what's the, the more, penalty? Huh? sorry uh on the offense for being an idiot like yeah it's like a five yard off size or something like that but interesting. anywho the more entertaining players that people actually care about uh dev the dude continuing to do his thing um my god the guy had what 12 catches this game he is it is it leading the nation in catches or what is the stat he's leading in uh leading leading the nation in catches yes um, if yeah, it, it's and he's like top five and like yards after catch. Yeah, that that uh, passed by targets. Sam or that. No, I'm sure targets he's leading, but yeah. So 12 catches, 100 plus yards, and a TD to the corner and early. That was a great throw by Sam. That looked awesome. Uh, but yeah, he continues to impress. But um, wide receivers, man, we need we need Colin Johnson back. Yeah, uh, Brendan Eagles every once in a while has some like awkward little open play where he makes a catch and looks really weird running down the sideline. <laughs> but uh, everyone else is kind of like there. I mean, Jake Smith obviously had his touchdown, and everyone loves him just being like Shipley number three. But it's just we need that that guy who can can create his own or at least requires two D backs to cover him. And I think CJ being back this week, hopefully that's what Tom said, um, will be a huge difference maker. But I, I fully expect to see Deb the dude continue to do what he's doing. And, uh, we fun to see what he's able to do until the end of the year and see if he's invited up to New York. So, uh, yeah, no, the, there was two plays with, uh, Epps where you, it was so blatant that you needed CJ. One was on that back shoulder fade. Or not back shoulder, just like a normal fade down the sideline that Sam threw an absolute perfect ball, and Epps just kind of didn't really – all he had to do was kind of drift outside towards the sideline, um, and it was more a much more catchable ball. And that's just one of those plays you're like, okay, CJ catches that and dances into the end zone. Like, that's not even close. Uh, because, yeah, their, their corners were good, but they were playing pretty far up on the outside because they know they could, and they weren't too – uh, you know, didn't think they could be too challenged by Eagles and Epps. So yeah, CJ need him back. I I don't know. I go back and forth on whether you play him this weekend or not. Honestly, if I don't, if I had to make a decision, I would say no. But it's difficult. Maybe what's crazy is maybe just in the second half. Um, kind of see how the game's going, something like that. I don't know. Though the guy that I've obviously outside of Duvernay that I've been super impressed with is Jake Smith. Him and Ellinger are on a completely different level. They're synced in perfectly now. Obviously, it took 
a game or two for that to happen. But they're definitely there, and he is going to be the guy that really starts to frustrate defenses because he's so small and he's so quick and can slip into a lot of cracks. Also, did you see that video of Ellinger <laughs> on the sideline? Um, yeah, I did, coaching him up. Coaching him up, that was pretty cool. That was a that was like good a Rice play. game, I think. Yeah, it was at the Rice games. Like that. So Duvernay is actually one, one reception behind uh, Cedric Bird from Hawaii. But, um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Huh. That was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, no, Smith, total stud. Glad Brewer got a touchdown. That was fun to watch. I mean, a, like, crazy play like that on the double reverse flea, flick, flea flicker, but it was uh, still pretty cool. And he, he hit another good catch. He just finds space. He knows how to read a defense. He's not the quickest guy, but he's got good hands. It, like, can't be overused, but, like, when you need a solid third down, he's, like, in those kind of pivotal moments, you know, where you're stressing. He's kind of the perfect guy for that because um, especially in the second half, you haven't targeted him yet. I don't know. I, don't be surprised when he makes a couple of huge catches and some big moments and some games uh, coming up. But overall, offense was incredible. Like, you know, what, like basically 500 yards um, total offense. Yep. So fun to watch, fun to see. Took advantage of a subpar defense. Um, and I don't know, put this game away essentially with Sam's run at the end. But uh, speaking of subpar, subpar defenses – yeah, they played a great game for, for You're right there. To be impressed by, by Sam and Devin, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that continues to play out and uh, you know, I guess Keontae continue to get more and more healthy. So um, do you think before we jump into defense, you know, they asked they asked Tom um, blatantly, like, are you hiding anything yet? Or do you think we're we're fully exposed? I mean we've shown everything that we have. No, I don't think so. I mean um in the run game, no, I really don't. They've kind of kept it pretty, pretty simple. They've haven't really done any of like the. If we want to get real technical, like the split zone where the tight tight end blocks back the other way while the offensive line blocks the other way. Obviously, counter and the power stuff is pretty prevalent. But even with like running Sam running the ball, I know he had like whatever like ten rushes or something um, yeah. th- this game. But a lot of those were scrambles still. I mean, he hasn't had too many designed runs. And even when he has, they haven't done as well as they did in years past. Obviously, people know about it now. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot more option stuff coming up, especially against OU. Uh, I I don't think we've shown everything. No, from a pass standpoint, I think that's limited to, A, how healthy is Colin Johnson, and, B, how much do you trust Jake Smith to be the – the foil against Duvernay to be on the other side. Um, that's really kind of how f- the, you know, ceiling and the floor for the, for the pass offense. And with the way that the offensive line has been blocking and the way that Sam's been throwing, I'd say we're headed m- we're more in line with going to the ceiling. So uh, no is basically my answer. Yeah. Long winded. No. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, right, let's jump over the defense. defense. Keep this thing moving. Um, obviously, the big concerns going into the game were uh, how to contain Chuba Hubbard and, and uh, not let Tylen Wallace um, get over the top and, and can somehow contain this true freshman quarterback. That actually really impressed me. Um, I think he's going to be really good. And it's like the first time there hasn't been a tall white quarterback at Oklahoma State in a long time, yeah, which is nice. Um, yeah, but I'm not looking to play him for the next two years. That's gonna yeah, he's going to be really good. So I'm not, I mean, not elite, but he's going to be enough to be able to upset us up in oh, Stillwater. Yeah. So, um, defense, though, <clears throat> I was really impressed with 
uh, Osai and, and uh, the Shark. I mean, I think they had a huge factor in terms or played a huge factor in, in terms of containing Hubbard. Uh, they both had, I think, uh, top, they were top, yeah, so Osai was second in tackles behind Stearns, but I both was very impressed with them. Um, we'll get into the D-backs here in a second, but is there anything you had to say about the linebackers? I wasn't as impressed with Shark. Um, a lot you of never that, are. What? You never, you never are. Impressed. I never are, but I never am, but <laughs> fuck. <laughs> cut that one out. Yeah, let's cut it. Uh He's not great in coverage, and it's kind of frustrating to watch. And he's a solid blitzer. He's not as good as a side, but it's still not 100% landing on every single play. He is a good, like, scrape tackler and kind of coming to the ball and clogging the middle of the field. But I don't know. I, I think I just expected more out of him for – it feels like he's been starting for three years now. Uh, he should be playing at much better level. But Osai played incredible. He played really, really well. Yeah, but Shark's a businessman. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. But it is pretty cool. That's good for him. But yeah. still, I thought Juwan. I think Juwan Mitchell is a true, just like stuff the run, like instinctive linebacker is better than Shark, which is crazy. I know, but I think his instincts and his kind of uh, natural ability just to run down uh, running backs and track them down is pretty dang good compared to Shark. So I go back and forth. Yeah, you know that I don't like him as much as other people do, but can you keep him off the field? No. So that's kind of the problem. In general, going into the season, I thought the linebacker play was going to be dog shit, and I've been gently surprised with how good it's been. Yeah. And and especially this game, yeah, no, they stuffed a really good running back, a running back who was leading the nation at the time in yards. He might still be and held him to three yards of carry. I mean, this guy might get a couple Heisman votes. hes I don't think he'll be top three, probably not even top five, but he might get a second or third place vote here here and there. Um, Yeah, overall, you could tell that Orlando dialed it back a lot. Played a lot of inverted Tampa 2, which is basically typical, like, two safety, two high safety, two corner, um, Instead of like the linebackers kind of drifting back like a normal Tampa two defense, you've got what is usually Chris Brown playing basically the middle of the field, kind of rover, joker, whatever you want to call it, um, and allowing him to do what he does best and a hunt down the ball um, when it's run in the open field, and then b just kind of disrupt passing game over the middle and let the two high safeties do the rest. So. It was a lot less blitzing, a lot less stress on uh, man-to-man coverage, which I don't know. Do we want to be that type of defense? I don't think uh, Orlando does, but like, does it work better with this bend-no-break, especially with how shallow or secondary he's gotten? Yeah, I think it's a little better. Um, yeah, I think it's a much more simplified conservative defense that right. our, our younger guys are able to at least <laughs> know what they're doing, except for Adamora. I mean, he looked lost on the plays, but he I actually it. didn't think he played that bad. Considering, no, he, I mean, on the surface, he had an unbelievable game because he had that tip in the end zone and saved the right. game on the onside. But he, yes, for a few plays where he's running around, he was on looking at sidelines. Um, you know, I, I kind of go back and forth. We contained a really good offense. I mean, we not really contained. We gave up thirty points and five hundred yards almost. But, but you got to think. I mean, starting position for two of those was the. 20 and the 45 so yeah true 
Um, yeah, that's a good point. I think I didn't think about those two two possessions. So, you know, our, our defense is ranked in a hundred plus right now, which is is scary. I think we're ninety ninth um, in total defense. Not so right. okay, hundred in the area of hundred. So you know what I mean. that's like OU's defense last year. They were so bad. So I'm concerned about that. Um, but I do think, you know. It is positive, you know, the, the first possession when they were running all over us, and then we – did we force a turnover on the first possession? Or they no, kicked the field goal? no, they kicked the field goal. Remember they fumbled on, like, the one? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was nice to see our defense, you know, rebound after that and for the most part, like, play a decent game. You know, Brandon Jones had that nice uh, strip on the – on what looked like a reception. Yes. He got, he oh, got yeah, beat that was a great play. kind of recovered. Kind of remind me of Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd always got beat last yeah, year. I didn't, didn't make a play, but yeah. um, you know, I think the two interceptions. I mean, the interception to Montreal Estelle was pretty much a, a gimme, but I'll take it. You know, it's nice that he yeah, did that was uh, a really bad throw. But not the, he didn't play Gideon in or something. But um, <laughs> the Chris, well, the Chris Brown interception was entirely Co- Coburn. He nailed correct Sanders, and, and like the the defensive line got so much penetration up the middle that it was really frustrating Sanders on top of stuffing Hubbard and forcing him to go outside. Um, so that that was my next point. Coburn had an unbelievable game. Oh he didn't have gosh, a good yes. stat line. No, yeah. I don't think he had a tackle, but dude, <laughs> yeah. he, he was all over the place right. like, in, the, in the backfield. And so having that again, I mean, we went from, you know, Puna to uh, Chris Nelson to now Coburn who's actually freshman in terms of eligibility, I believe. Yeah, he's Richard. Um, I mean, that's huge. He's going to be a great presence in the middle of uh, excuse me, defensive line for a while, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he grows throughout the, the remainder of this season. But now, like, to your point, he had multiple uh, plays where he made um, their quarterback. I just completely blanked. Sanders. Uh, Sanders. I almost want to say something else. But Sanders, like, very uncomfortable and forced some bad throws. So, um, what do you think about the other? I mean, the DNs. How did uh, I thought, Malcolm play? I think Taquan yeah. had a, a little bit better game than normal. Roach played his typical self, great, like disrupting uh, the run, especially towards the outside. I really don't think they like running toward his side because it's usually on the short side where he lines up, and that's just not a lot of space. And he takes up a lot of space. So, but I thought that was Taquan Graham's best game of the season. Not even close. Like he played really, really well disrupting stuff in the backfield he was abusing that left tackle and those left guards all night long and whenever they put a tight end over him it wasn't even close he yeah. played really well again he wasn't getting like massive like pass rush like sergio kindle type style you know like he just outruns the guy the he was doing enough to shut down the run towards his side and help at least put a little pressure on sanders from his backside and that's the other thing like if you're putting a little bit of pressure, the quarterback can't see it, so we really can't recognize how much pressure is really coming. Am I about to get sacked, fumbled, or is he just kind of pushing the tackle back into me? But I thought he played a really good game. I thought Ojemo played a great game um, when he came in for Coburn. And that guy him. is so big. Yeah, he is freaking <laughs> massive. I don't um, know. He must weigh like 340 pounds. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's It's nice to have that. Uh, who had the – was it uh, – Bimaj, you had the personal foul, or someone had a was it a targeting? Uh, no, it was Graham, wasn't it? Or was it Bimaj? I, I know you want to say Bimage, but it's Bimaj. I think it was Bimaj actually, because he when he threw him down in the 
after he'd already tackled him. Yeah, it was. was, Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yep. It was kind of like one of those like that probably won a penalty ten years ago type plays, but it was still it still was not good. You You know who needs to step up? We're all over the place on the defense, but Anthony Cook, that guy needs to step up. Oh gosh, he is rough to watch. I thought Cook Boyce played pretty well. Deshaun um, Davidson played well. Deshaun like, Davidson and Jalen Green played really well against the run. Those guys obviously I'll give Orlando some credit. Yeah, that sucks. But uh I'll give Orlando some a lot of credit. They schemed the hell out of it and watched a lot of film on whenever they'd run those outside zones, like the corners knew it was coming every single time. I couldn't figure out like what was the tell. It was some sort of motion, but damn, like Jalen Green blew that out. I mean he, sucks because that's the reason that he popped his shoulder out but it was still like a great play um, yeah. and he did it multiple times and so did boys but yeah anthony cook is so lost in coverage it sucks because he's like was so talented last year i was like oh my god he's gonna be a freak and he just can't put it together yeah he's he's gonna have a sophomore slump for sure you can tell we need at any time now i mean this is this week specifically, we need to have some guys step up on just based on injuries but we'll get to that when we get to west virginia but you know again they Thirty points, not terrible. With a you know, given the fact that they had two possessions start on the twenty and the forty-five, so uh, they did what they needed to do. But I definitely think I would like to see our defense improve. Um, oh yeah, I mean, especially the, granted, our thinking about the team that we play in two weeks, but we'll get there when we get there. So that's that was what I was gonna say. It's like, yeah, it was not an incredible performance, but I think you kind of saw a little bit of an identity forming, and that it's gonna be that. The Tampa two inverted Tampa two bend up break you know give up some uh, underneath stuff maybe a couple you know decent sized throws um, when they're in between the thirties in terms of you know where the offense is but they're gonna stuff the run they're gonna make you throw the ball and if you look at the quarterbacks that we're playing obviously there's one guy in two weeks who's pretty dang good but are you really scared of him airing out airing out the ball the entire game that for that game. I mean, the, don't care of everything about that guy. <laughs> I know, but think about it. Like, the, they've got great running backs. They've got a, a solid O-line. I don't know how, considering they lost four to the NFL draft, but they've got good and running, solid old run, and obviously Hurts can run too. You're going to want to make them throw the ball. And so, C.D. CD Lamb on the outside. So Yeah, it. but is C.D. Lamb better than Marquise Brown? Is is Hurts a better thrower than Baker? Is he better True. throwing Kyler? True. I don't know. I don't. We'll get into that obviously in two weeks. But if you kind of start to put an identity together of where this defense is going, I think it's headed in the right direction. Obviously LSU sucked, but if that shows us that we can't run this like you know intricate defense, yeah, this like riverboat gambler, let's blitz <clears throat> the hell out of them because we can out athlete everyone else type of. Uh, you know, style of play. If that's you know the cost for playing well against the rest of the B- these Big Twelve twelve teams, then I'll take it. I can't name one other quarterback in the Big Twelve that I'm scared of. Yeah, I would have said maybe Purdy up at Iowa State, but after watching the Iowa State Baylor game, oh my god, talk about bad football. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brewer who, might be the second best guy. Um, I think Sanders is probably the end of the day I, after, after remaining. I mean. Uh, yeah, season. Tech lost her quarterback. Iowa State, no. Kansas State, no. Uh, Kansas, no. TCU, yeah, you're right. I agree. I would agree with that. So, just something keep in the back of the mind. Little little stuff. But um, all, right. all right, let's get into something a little little more lighted. Uh, take 
take a deep breath and listen. Hey guys, it's Thomas. Um, I saw some reporters ask Mike Leach this question a couple weeks ago, and I figured that with the bye week coming up, it was the perfect time to pose it to y'all. Um, if all the Big 12 mascots got into a giant fight, who would win? And can you please give an explanation why X mascot would win? Thank you very much. See y'all in Dallas. Great question. Leach. They've Now ESPN kind of stole it, and they did a segment with Leach about it this past week. That was so forced, but whatever. Yeah, it was really forced. I love what Mike Leach is doing. Oh, uh, a guy yeah. just doesn't care. His social media is too funny. Way too good. But anyways – it was a. I thought it was a good question because big. Easy goal, answer. Easy answer. There's a very easy answer that is obviously a biased answer, but if no. you look at it, what? Are you no? I okay. You keep going. You go first, and I'll, I'll. Whoa. Okay, you're not saying you're not taking Bevo. No. Who are you taking? A cyclone. It would kill no, everything. Oh my god. No. It would kill everything. Easy. Done. I'm out. No. I was gonna say Bevo and a wildcat in the in the finals. I don't even know what a freaking Sooner is, to be honest, still. I, I'm, I've just, never... I'm just basing it off, like, kind of the animal, whatever. Like, if it's two, like, wannabe rednecks kind of driving a small little buggy, then I'm going to take Bevo and or a Wildcat and or a Cyclone. It's definitely not a frog. It's That's definitely out. not a frog. It's definitely not a Jayhawk. It's definitely not a, not a, not a cowboy or a mountaineer. It's definitely bear, Bevo or a Cyclone. I mean, if we're going to be bear, makes, bear might be a sneaky good pick, too. It no, depends on what cyclone. type of bear. Thomas, I know you agree with me. Just text me. It's definitely a cyclone. What type of bear is it? Black bear. Black. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, <sighs> it's definitely a wildcat or a bear, I think, against Bevo at the end. Like, you, like, like What you the hell is a wildcat? Is a wildcat like a freaking... We're going to... Like a puma, a cougar, mountain lion. It's all like the same a cheetah? Thing. No, no, no. Like a like a mountain lion, like a cougar. Little known fact: a cougar, puma, mountain lion, uh, all that mountain lion. Uh, what's it called wildcat? All that is all the same exact animal. Just a little heads up. Great Panther. question Panther by Panther Thomas too. Rochelle. Thank you for the voicemail. It was a great question. That was a really good bye week question. It was a good. That's a great bye week question. Just something a little thought provoking. Still will buy you a beer for that. Good job. Don't know about that. All right. Um, speaking of beer, oh, yeah. I forgot to do my job at the beginning of this episode. Shout out to Thomas Rochelle and Scott Bird, who always call us out on this. Beer of the week. Um, coming from Morgantown, continuing the tradition of getting a uh, brewery from the town of a team that we are playing of that week. Uh, shout out to Raleigh Woldridge and all the people in D.C. who are going to the game this weekend. Oh, they're going? Uh, I was told that two oh. weeks ago. I'll be. Uh, I'm, I haven't followed up, but I would assume he's still going. Sobered up from your sister's wedding. <laughs> so shout out to everyone else who's listening. They go into going to Morgantown, cool place, really random town, hard to get to, but it's definitely worth it once you're there. Um, I'm going to go with what you would expect from Morgantown. Mor- Moonshine. Morgantown Brewing Company. Oh. <laughs> there literally was no other brewery, so. Mainly because all the other people who drink alcohol are drinking, what did you say, Stu? Moonshine. Moonshine, yes, that's right, which is literally a thing. Like when I was up there four years ago or six years ago, whenever it was, that's all they drank, and it was stupid. So Morgantown Brewing Company has a great list of beers. I've actually been kind of reading them throughout your whole offensive rant, but uh, I'm going to go with, since it's October, 
the Morgantown Brewing Company Oktoberfest, which oh. is a nice amber lager mm. brewed with German Vienna munch and caramel malts mm. with fresh noble hops. I heard they added more hops to them lately. So uh, shout out to Fogel. Uh, last thing about Morgantown before we jump into it. Really weird place because their campus is actually divided into three different campuses. Really? And they're all connected by like a little trolley. Not a trolley, but like a, a gondola. No, like what, what are those little things that you get into and are closed and they like carry you over a line? Like that thing at the state fair. That's a gondola. Yeah, but like <clears throat> a gondola is not closed in. Yeah, like, yeah it is. You're okay, thinking, you're a thinking of a chairlift. You're right. Okay, gondola, sure. Wait, they have actually, gondola. there's a gondola. Like, like at the yes. state fair that goes up in the air and like transport yep. you. Yep, they have three different what? campuses connected. You go from one class to another in a gondola. No so way. weird. Yeah, it is so weird. Look it up. So, fun fact, if you're listening at this point, go look up the uh, West Personal Virginia. rapid transit at West Virginia. Yeah, you, did you Google it? Oh, my gosh. it is. Yeah, it's like a it's like a little, what they have at DFW Airport. Yes. Like we literally, were, when we sky, stayed in Sky time, tram. We took that thing from our hotel to the stadium. It no was way. so cool. That's actually really cool. Yeah, they let you drink on it too. All the people were really having a good time on there. So it was awesome. Really cool. Um, their stadium is not big, but it's rowdy. Like it is really, really rowdy. And thank God we were playing a day game. So oh, yeah. with that in mind, I haven't checked the weather. I don't assume it's going to be I bad. Checked. It's going to be good. Good. That's that's a huge check for up there. But um, we usually have a good crowd that travels up there too. People like to go up to Pittsburgh and whatnot and get there. Pittsburgh's so, a very underrated town. Yeah, it is. So if you're going, shoot us a text. Please take a koozie. Please take your shirt. We'd really appreciate it when people wear their shirts to the game and have a chance to get on TV. It's always kind of fun. Um, so West Virginia this year, they are 3-1, and one, coming with wins over uh, very shitty teams, including the Kansas Jayhawks. Actually, they beat NC State, but NC State is down this year. Um, and they had a blowout loss yeah. to Missouri um, at – Z-O-U, uh, but at Missouri. So uh, who is it? What's that quarterback? Kelly from Clemson? Thank you. So um, my thing before I'll let you dive into your spiel, since it would probably be a lot longer than mine, the first thing that stood out to me was that their leading rusher only has 151 yards um, through four games. That is That's crazy. really weird. Yeah, and so my first thought was, okay, they throw the ball a lot. But their leading receiver only has 263 yards. And, in, I mean, it's not like we have the leading rusher in the world, but Keontae has more than 151 yards. He has, like, I think just under 300 yards this year. So I guess what stands out to me is that, one, they can't run the ball, and we have put an emphasis on not letting teams run the ball, and their left tackle is out for the year. So there's no reason why our defensive line should not be in the backfield all over Austin Kendall the whole entire game not giving him enough time to piece or to pick apart our defensive backs who have been absolutely terrible this year. So that's my two cents. Uh, just want to get your input, I guess, the rest yeah, of the way. Very dull offense. Last in the Big 12 in explosive plays of greater than 10 or 20 yards. Good, good. Um, they're really bad at converting third downs, too. Uh, hmm. they, yeah, I, basically exactly what you said. There's not much to say about this offense. It's pretty gross. Their leading receiver's I think a true freshman. I know he's a freshman. I think he's a true freshman. Um, they finally don't have uh, yeah, Sills graduated. Sills, what were the, the brothers, the, the dreadlocks? Oh, oh, gosh, I can't remember. Those guys were, yeah, a couple years ago, but they were really good. 
Um, yeah, Sam Jones is a true freshman number. Excuse me, uh, number thirteen. Yeah. Number thirteen. Um, no, their offense is not good, and the only thing that kind of worries me is their new coach Neil Brown came over from Toledo. Uh, he's an air raid guy. I worry just because he knows how to kind of pick apart defenses like ours. That's the only thing from a scheme standpoint, but we still have the personnel to overtake that. So yeah, defense shouldn't give up, you know, more than hopefully 30 points, but golly, you never know. Um, on the other side of the ball, I, I'm expecting our offense to have another big day, hopefully over 500 yards. Yeah. Um, yeah. They give up a lot of points, uh, like from a yardage standpoint, but they're, I'm sorry, they give up a lot of points, but from a yardage standpoint, like an average per play standpoint, their D really isn't that bad. They're middle of the Big 12 in a lot of cat- categories and have given given up the least amount of plays over 20 yards and have a decent amount of sacks. So I, I, in a way of attacking this, I really don't know how other than play what we know how to play. Pick them apart. Let's give Sam time. Let him throw the ball. Get Keontae going. Um, you know, hopefully if CJ's back then take the air off off them, take it off over the top. But there you uh, go. the other thing is our DB situation is how banged up we are. I mean wait, 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 before we jump into that, I think our offense, I mean, looking back to the, the game plan versus Oklahoma State was like so run heavy in the first half. I fully expect that again in the, this game. You know, see if they can stop us in the run early on. If they can't just keep pounding it all day, let Keontae and Roshan do their thing and Sam every once in a while. Yep. If it doesn't work out in the first two or three drives and we're getting stuffed, that's when you'll start to see the impact of C- uh, CJ out there, having that yeah. guy that can take it over the top, like you said, but at least space all the field more for Devin DuVernay to come across the field, get you those uh, six-yard gains that you need to keep it, you know, second and third and short just for when the, uh, you know for Keontae to clean it up the rest of the way. So I fully expect it to be a run-heavy offense in the first half, followed up by hopefully a lead of the half to then, if you need to, just go over the top and, and hopefully not have a very stressful second half. But yeah, the defense, that's the, uh, that's the big question. I feel like we've got a million guys hurt. So, I mean, so I know they said BJ and DeMarvion are, are, are likely to play. BJ's BJ sounds like he's the most likely to play. Demo is questionable. I think is the best way to put it. Um, I don't know. You never know with Herman cause he's just kind of prickly about that shit, but I prickly. You do know for a fact is that Jalen Green and Stearns are out, as well as Josh Thompson. Josh Thompson's out for the year, yep. but Stearns and Green looks like they're going to be out at least another three weeks. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if Stearns gives it a go for OU. That's just my take, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, but, yeah, having BJ back will be good. Expect him to play the nickel. I know Brandon was kind of manning that um, with him out, but expect BJ to play the nickel with Brandon playing the uh, – kind of the short side safety, the boundary side safety, and probably Chris Brown yeah. playing uh, field safety. And if DeMarvion's back, then DeMarvion will be the kind of joker, inverted Tampa 2 guy that I was talking about earlier. I'm not concerned about the safeties by any means. I mean, if one of those guys goes down in the middle of the I game, know, then, yeah. you, then you have to worry about Chris Hedemora back there trying to figure it out. But uh, still. <laughs> well, Montrell still. still actually kind of played pretty good. Wait, did he get hurt too? Did I make Who? that up? Who? Montrell still. I don't think so. Did he? Okay. I, I guess so. that was that Tillman guy who got hurt on the first kickoff. But yeah, yeah, he, um, he's up the year. So yeah, I, I think you know your BJ Brandon and, and Chris Brown are solid. 
what do you do on the outsides? You got Kobe Boyce and Deshaun Watson. And pray that one of them is competent enough to stay out there long enough that you don't have to see uh, Anthony Cook. God. I mean, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at, man. You that's concerning. That it. just makes it all the more important that we have our defensive line getting back oh, there, yeah. not giving Austin Kendall the time to throw the ball. So that is a huge concern. So oh, man. I think we're going to make this offense a lot are going to make the offense look a lot better than they are. And I fully expect that West Virginia is going to run some trick plays or a fake oh, punt or yeah, something to try to make this. They're going to have to steal a possession or two. Um, as long as Sam is holding on to the ball, not giving up stupid uh, you know, stupid uh, turnovers. So I think it's going to be an ugly game. I'll give my input. I think I'm going to go Horns win 38-30. to 30. Um, We lead and have a comfortable lead, but we give up a random touchdown at the end or a random field goal. And uh, again, we win thirty-eight to thirty, and just not a not a beautiful win uh, or a pretty win, but you know it's a win, and we, we go on to a bigger week. We've always struggled with the away games before OU. We have always always struggled with this game. So let's see if Tom Herman's able to go up to Morgantown, which is really tough. I mean, by the way, this is our first true road game for only only players. one of our two true road games outside the state of Texas as well. Yeah, so yeah, this is that this is the odd year. You're right because we don't play the Kansas games. Yeah. Uh, but anywho, uh, the uh, true first, or, sorry, first true road game for much of these guys, and you got to travel a long, long way. Yeah, thank God it's not time. 11 a.m., but it's a 2:30 game, kind of best of all worlds, I think. Um, so I expect it to be a little ugly and a little sloppy, but horns pull it out. Hug them horns, 38-30. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's gonna be pretty ugly. Um, I think Dicker's gonna have to at least make two or three field goals. For That's random. Really feel comfortable about it. Other thing, um, please just like have a competent punt return, more than one. Um, and I'm not talking about just fielding a ball successfully, unlike we did this past game. But like, how about like a 15 yard return, something like that, just to make it a little easier. Take advantage of a of a young team with a new coach who's maybe not looking at special teams as deep as he should. Something like that to make a difference in this game help your offense help which helps your defense i can't I, the line's 11 i can't decide whether that i mean real number one never been on texas but i can't decide which way to too many fall. points too many what, points on the road too many points on the road i agree it's too many points on the road but i don't know i'm i'll i'll say 40 45 33 texas barely covered. i don't think herman has covered a road game a true road game um as the Texas football coach. I'm pretty sure. True road game. Yeah. What about Kansas State last year? I don't think we did. You sure? I don't know. I'm pretty sure we. He's. It may be one or two. I'm pretty sure he. He. You know, obviously the the neutral games we've done pretty well in with him, but I, I don't think you know Kansas. No. Oklahoma State. No. Kansas State, you, you already mentioned. West, Virgi- West Virginia two years ago is first. That was definitely a cover when we won 28-14. Yep. Okay. So, anywho, big game going into what is a huge week next week, obviously. But um, I just got to just find a way to survive. You know, no, no more defensive backs get hurt. And hopefully Deshaun Jameson gets a lot of confidence. <laughs> That'd be nice. We need that going to know you. All right, games of the week real quick. Iowa, Michigan, 11 a.m., Fox. 
Joel Klatt, Joel Klatt, Joel Klatt will be on the call. Uh, Michigan's minus four. I like Michigan for a bounce back. I think Iowa hasn't really played much, hasn't seen much, and they got lucky against Iowa State. Also, Harbaugh, there's no way he hasn't seen what's been writing on the wall. They got a nice little confidence booster this past weekend, uh, given Rutgers a 59 to bagel score. So, yeah, I like Michigan minus four. I agree with Michigan at home. They bounce back. You know, they got their bad loss out of the way over there in Madison. So I think they bounce back and they're going to eat. I don't think Iowa's played anyone of, of substance yet. I do think Iowa might take down someone important, though, uh, Ohio State or Wisconsin. So With friends, you can always count on that. And that quarterback's been there for, like, I feel like five years. <laughs> so, all right, next game, Auburn at Florida, 2.30. Game day. CBS game, uh, game day. Uh Gary Danielson will be on the color as always. I think Auburn is looking pretty scary, especially their defense with that. I think this guy's name is Derek Brown. That could be wrong. Uh, that big number five D tackle. He is so good <clears throat> that Aggie not playing well last week. Doesn't really help the resume, but Correct. I still think they're pretty solid. I think Bo Nix is good enough to just manage a game. Um, so yeah, I, I like, I like Auburn to cover. I mean, Watching Florida play offense is so gross. So I when, when the Aggies uh, struggled versus Arkansas, I kind of lost a little confidence in Auburn until about twelve six hours later when they absolutely destroyed Mississippi State. Yeah, they put up forty two uh, in the first half. So. Yeah, Mississippi State's not good at all, but putting that many points up in the SEC is very impressive. So I expect them to win this game, and uh, I mean it's it, it could actually get pretty ugly. I think so. Uh, last one, Michigan State, Ohio State, <clears throat> seven o'clock ABC game. I thought Michigan State was going to have a really good defense, and they've kind of gone back and forth on whether they do or not. This is kind of hot, but I'm gonna stick with it for now, third of the way through the season, so I can change it. I think Ohio State might be the best team in the country. Chase Young, that DN is an absolute freak, and is probably the number one overall draft pick. Yep. And then you've got Dobbins, and then you've got Justin Fields, and then you've got Okuda. And then you've got Baron Browning and all those guys. I they lost a couple guys on O line. Shout out Demetrius Knox, but they are really, really good. Their defense is so good this year, yeah. which is what is impressing me. So yeah, I I don't think it's a hot take by any means. I think you know watching Clemson struggle. OU hasn't played anyone of any substance yet, so I can't really get a good read on them other than that they have the, probably the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, mm. Alabama is your other other one, and then Georgia as well. So uh, I think, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I just don't know if Ohio State will be able to get over that whole, like, random Big Ten night game right. um, that they always end up choking on. I don't know. And then, I don't know and who then the play. Michigan game is always just a complete, you know, in the past years it hasn't been, but I think no, sure they've won, like, six in a row. Isn't it at Michigan this year? Yeah, it's at Michigan this year, so – but they play. They, I'm looking at their schedule. They do got Wisconsin at home. They the and they've got Penn State at home too. So their scariest game on the road left is uh, Northwestern. So yeah, Ohio State wins and covers. Keep it. Keep their train rolling. I love it. They're doing a great. Also job. take the ponies. I don't even remember who they're playing, but they're rolling and uh, covered four weeks in a row, maybe five weeks in a row, and they're ranked. When was the last time that Wake Forest and uh, SMU were both ranked in the top 25. Go. Never. 1950. Huh. Demon Deeks, baby. All right. Thanks for listening. Hook'em horns. Get the win. See you in Dallas. Hook'em.
garden, she lives and she goes and she lives for me. Says she lives for me, ovation. Who own motivation? She comes round and she goes down on me. And I'll make you smile like a drug for you. Do ever what you wanna do, coming over you. Keep on smiling what we go through. One stop to the rhythm that divides you. And I speak to you like the chorus to the verse. Drop another line like a coda with the curse. Huge fart like five minutes ago. I don't know if you heard it or not, but it looks so much louder than I expected it to be. I did not hear it. I hope you're not recording still. Oh, we are definitely still recording. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> yeah, it's approaching John Boy's bedtime here. ESPN.com. Listening when you say 